has entered your mind at all. We <laughs> recommend you take that thought very carefully, handle it very carefully. <laughs> There's quite a lot in that. Uh, separation, closure, Movement in time, what next? There's a lot, lot in that. And I uh, recommend you handle that thought and that perception very carefully, the effect it can have upon you. you know. so I recommend taking all movements in time very carefully. <laughs> you know what it's like. You know, you know what it feels like. You know, running on. what next separation and then also Entering something unknown. This has happened so many times for you. That, that, that boundary. Mm. About to enter something we don't quite know what it is because we haven't entered it yet. Separation from something we were settling in or merging into, getting settled down in, separation. The feeling of the, sometimes the inevitability of it. That call of that, that sense hovering over occasions, this, too, this will be We'll move on from this separation to this, and then mm-hmm. so, sort of a, I mean, there's a kind of a, there's a boundary there. So, 
boundaries are always uh, important places to <coughs> pause, to check, to get a sense of what's happening at that boundary here and then. Now and then, here and there, what happens to that that boundary when those perceptions arise? Urgency, being thrown forward, running forward, dragged out, uncertain whether to enter, how to enter, how to feel welcome, how to feel comfortable, safe, allowed in, and then moved out again. Mm -hmm. So something perhaps we weren't even ready for. To move out, but feeling had to. So there can be quite a lot, lot in that. You contemplate it. Clearly, this is about birth. In one respect, birth and separation on that level, energy, gradual growing, energetic separation. You know, and. Uh, Sometimes this can be quite um, traumatic in some cases where that, that is too abrupt, unnegotiated or and not feeling welcomed. Uncertain how to enter, whether one's good enough to be accepted. One's got the right, you know, qualities to enter. <coughs> what the other will see you as. So these can be, if you flesh them out, these can be quite uh, resonant experiences and the uncertainties of the future, the other, the next, crossing a boundary. We'll be okay, we'll be comfortable, welcome, settled. Uh, we have to be something new. So that all that nervousness, anxiety, separation, feeling of, oh dear, that was just getting nice. <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> I have to leave this, even though. Clearly, you know, on one level, this is just as obvious as day and night, isn't it? But it's not really day and night. Day and night don't you don't get a day end, and then a couple of minutes later, night begins. They all it's day night, <laughs> night day. It doesn't actually break; it flows on. And in that flowing on, one can. Some sunsets and dawns are sometimes in very beautiful times when you sit and allow the light to fade and we're present, maintaining presence. And as the sun goes down, the light fades and maintain presence. The energies change, the moods change, the world changes, and you stay present within that as it changes. And we're in the night time, in particular quality, mysterious, cooler, quieter. Probably in nature anyway. Mm-hmm. 
different atmospheres, more private in many ways, because they're less visible. And then the change of that to dawn. Sometimes it's very helpful just to be up before dawn, maybe or not. <laughs> and be there in the dawning process, the entering, the rising into the day, graduated processes, forms arise. Yeah. Don't suddenly flash in, the forms arise. We were mysterious, unknown, invisible, private, and now we're coming into something more observed, observing, mutual, interactive, engaged. Slow movement into that, which is dawn is a very welcoming time. Everything starts singing, birds sing, sun shines, the trees change their breath, they start breathing there oxygen out, change the breath, the light illuminates everything, things start coming alive, moving around, it's a very blessing time, welcome. Twilight, the fading is the sense of things end. Really this is more natural rhythm, there's nothing violent about it, there's nothing abrupt about it, there's no sudden door banging, closed end of the day. <coughs> By and large we um, substituted that rhythm for something more mechanical. You switch on the light, close the door. You have the clock tells you what time it is. You know, time to do this, time to do that. You, you know, the distinct eight o'clock is different from you know, it's a definite time zone or seven o'clock and it's, it's just artificial. It's nothing to do with body rhythm or even light actually, because it gets dark and switch the light on. Yeah. Daytime all night long. Yeah. So there's no sense of mystery quieting down or yeah. there's no sense of blessing with the dawn. Often we're not we're sleeping still at dawn in the northern hemisphere. Can be, yeah. So yes, so changing into something much more abrupt and uh, that we adopted that rhythm. Similarly, in our occasions, you know, kind of go to work. Hi, Joe. Right, that's that bit done. <laughs> Sit down, do your work. Bye now. Okay, yeah, see you tomorrow. Because it's that bit done. Come home. Hi there. Yeah, how are you doing? Yeah, fine, great. That's that bit done. You just crash. You know, crash through these boundaries of of, of entering and leaving quite promptly, without really even fully entering any, any kind of presence, it's just talking heads. Yeah. This is good, it's not hostile necessarily, the talking heads can be quite friendly, but <laughs> and, you know, we do the best we can, I, I hope. And still there's that, if, you feel, if you're really feeling it, there's a sense of that, it's kind of abrupt, um, you're more sensitive, it's kind of abrupt. Mm. So I'll be careful around that. And you know the, the, what tends to get built in when, when we have these uh, difficult 
experience. And so this, this process of separation is a body, is an embodiment effect of that. Where, where three human bodies emit energy, an energetic field around them. When you sit together with other people, your body energies tend to meet, mingle, flow around, depending, you know, if one is very withheld, it doesn't move out very far. As you get more kind of open and relaxed, it tends to spread around, open out a little more. Doing qigong tends to open more, so there's a sense of the energies move around, and without us even knowing each other or speaking to each other, it just those those meet mm-hmm. uh, to to a degree, depending on how safe and open one one is. Because they can be withheld emotionally or psychologically when we not feel comfortable, we withhold. Mm-hmm. Now, if we recognize that, um, so when the Buddha is saying, you know, birth is dukkha, separation from love is dukkha. You know. I, Take, take, reflect on that. Birth is coming to a separative form from a non-separative, something we felt experienced as non-separative. And body was all, the energies were very much mingled and merged. Chemicals were mingled and merged. And then you come into something where that is withdrawn, or that's, that's coming to an end. And uh, around that, that is, if that is too abrupt or accompanied by difficult difficulties of some kind, there's a kind of a, a seizure, an energetic rupture, and then I feel something wrong, not wanted, not not safe, uh, not not carefully withdrawn, but abruptly withdrawn, as a contraction occurs in the energetic field. Which may be serious or not serious, but that can occur, depending degrees of that. And so, you know, with, with that experience, then there's the movement towards something we could unify with, feel comfortable with, feel settled in, feel more expanded in. And that, then, what is that movement? Become the movement in time. Movement in time. Why does this movement in time play such a big part for us, such a big role in our lives? Obviously, we're all structured around it. You know, Monday, Tuesday, working week, eight o'clock, get this, six o'clock, switch that off, and so on. Yeah, that's all there. So clearly, one does get programmed into it, patterned into it. But there's something perhaps deeper than that. The move forward in time has got a certain sense of let me get out of this uncomfortable place to the place where it's more comfortable. And so if we've experienced a sense of you know separation, we don't want to be there. We want to move to a pleasant place where we can unify, we can get that settledness. So we run towards the comfort zone. Uh, you know, whatever that may represent. 
and maybe it isn't one. Because in that that state is is embodied in a kind of separated in, in, an, in an afflictive way, not consciously re- graduating withdrawn, but separated in an afflictive way, that particular energetic experience in the body stays there. You can imagine something like, um, you know, if you have visualized the energetic field around the body and imagine it's got a kind of dent in it, you know, where it's been, something's been ripped out. And then wherever you go, that dent remains. So the comfort zone isn't quite as comfortable as one imagined it would be. The comfort zone may be represented by familiarity, by companionship, by present situation, you know, being in nature, sports, recreation, meal, you know, things that we do to find our happiness. And yet, it's that, still that, that panging can still be there because it hasn't actually resolved the energetic experience, the dent, you could say, or the break in the energetic field, or the contraction in the energetic field has not been resolved. We moved around the sensory domain, yeah, and that was kind of pleasant, this was interesting, and he was nice to be with, and that was a good time, no. oh well, next. Because <laughs> the, the, the contraction hasn't actually released and carefully released. Yeah. Clearly there is, on this sensory level, there is a separation, separateness. It doesn't have to carry the same afflictive quality, it's just, uh, it's just that. Because one's field isn't, isn't contracted. Field isn't contracted, we have a, a sense of openness and allowing things, a life, the colours, the shapes, the forms to flow through our experience. And the energy field remains uncontracted. So we feel, you know, sort of settled where we are. And there isn't the rush forward in time. Uh, if there's this contracted state, as I'm suggesting, just a suggestion, then that's uncomfortable. So how do you get out of it? You move, rush forward in time. Because that seems to be the only way out. But it doesn't get you out. Because that, unless you dealt with the energy state, it remains the same. So this is very confusing as we move forward in time to the sweet place, the place of resolution, the place of rest, the place of comfort, the place of fruition. Isn't there. What went wrong? So you need to do some more stuff in it. Put some more things in it. You know, jazz it up a bit. Or something like that. But it isn't there, because it isn't there. It's here. The comfort place is here. And this is something we should never leave, or clearly we do leave, 
So you almost left it, recognize it. You know, you don't get into it by moving forward, you don't go into it by moving back to the good old days. You don't get into it by rushing faster. You get into it by steadying, stopping, pausing, breathing, widening, softening, feeling maybe some of these disturbances in the in the field, the energetic field, and working your way through them on various processes, mindfulness of breathing, body awareness, loving kindness, you know, these things that we suggested. Widening the tension, and, and of course, sometimes this experience of the contracted state um, is so bounded by by apprehension. You know, because if I open up, I'll feel that that dissonance. You know, come into the place that 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 separative, uncertain. Where am I? What do people think of me? Am I doing good enough? state. I don't want to be there, so I just contract a little bit tighter, then I won't get to that place. So we tighten up a bit more, then I'm okay, I'm fine. And there's a hardening which numbs the system. We we contract a little harder to not feel the discomfort. So we harden up numbing, numbing experience. Of course this is very deadening, so again there's that tremendous urge to rush forward into something that's got more life in it. So what do we do? We go into our lively actions, um, lively pastimes, running around doing stuff, kicking balls, playing with things and so forth, get where the life, some vitality can occur, which it does on a level, but it doesn't change the energetic field. It maybe tires one out, and you collapse in a sweaty heap somewhere, <laughs> or whatever. And that, that can feel good, but really, the field hasn't released. You don't release it that way. So this, so we, so, but then, so that, then this also sets the boundary of our attention, because our attention will be set in accordance with the boundaries that we can inhabit. You know, within the field that we can inhabit. So it's a rather narrow field where we inhabit that, our bound, attention boundaries get set as a rather narrow field. This tends to be fixated, what I call fixated attention. It's often not much wider than your face, perhaps even less wider than that. So this this attention field, which is generally set to the eyes, the width of the eyes, if it's fixated. And we may accept that as normal, because of course a lot of our life is about visual contact and scanning things with our eyes. So that gets set, and then we try to meditate with like that. As soon as you say, be watchful, be mindful, you go to that attention span, narrow, that's good, and even better would be to tighten it a bit more so you can get to one-pointedness, where you come always cross-eyed. <laughs> <laughs> and you feel the tightening, the constriction. Wow. 
must be in Samadhi by now. Because <laughs> everything's numbed out now. Because you've tightened up so much. So when you look in the book, it says happiness. Rapture. Ease. <laughs> Meditation. Rapture. Ease. Happiness. No, attention, awareness, you know, happiness, ease, comfort. The Buddha saying, I, so these are like, um, the absorptive stages, so these are like ambrosial couches you just sort of sit back on and rest. No. No, you tighten up. So that, that kind of contracting the narrow, narrower field, and it's reflexive. It's what we assume. We get a word like ekakata, one-pointed. Okay, well that means you know down to the pin at the tip of a thumbtack kind of attention. The very word ekakata means eka singularity, aga aim, um, the, um, point. So so you have one particular aim in mind. That's perhaps a better way to, to look at it. One one theme becomes the pinnacle. One theme becomes the dominant. One theme be- you've got a singularity of purpose and intention. Now you don't have to have thumbtack to do that. Never. My intention is to be comfortable. <laughs> My intention is to feel, you know, breathing in and be calm and steady with that. That's one pointed. You've only got one aim in mind, and you begin to discard. What isn't necessary? Like, don't need that. Forget about that. That's not important. That's terrible. You know, just relax it, release it. Then you get into a one, a one-pointed state because you have one, one aim, one intention, and you keep within that. You find a comfortable place where you can establish your focus, and you keep purifying. And this, I'm suggesting the comfortable place to establish your focus is. The comfortable place where you establish your focus. <laughs> the comfortable mode. You know, settle. So I sometimes, you saw there is a natural boundary, I would suggest, that perhaps we've lost touch with. Natural boundary of attention. Which to me is not contracted. It's sort of, I couldn't really measure it in terms of feet and inches, but it's a sense of Everything, you know, my entire body is here. Uh, there's nothing tight about it. It's open and it begins to, the edge of that it begins to, body scent begins to fade. There's no sharp edge to it. It's just the day becomes the night. You know, the body, the physicality of the body, the meat, the warmth, the pressures, the rhythms, subtle, 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 then gradually fading into something cool and spacious. There's no to me, there's no hard edge around that. You know, if there is a hard edge, something I know something's not quite right. If I'm, if I pick it up, you know. does it have to have that hard an edge to be attentive? Couldn't we settle on the qualities that are there? Maybe breathing in, breathing out, the settling of that, the flow of it, and. Let the mind quiet down from your sitting as if you're in one place with this quality just pulsing or streaming by.
Now in the <coughs> fixated state, things are tighter than that. <coughs> and this, this more narrow, uh, clearly if this is a conscious decision, that's, that's, that's fine, you work with that. But if it's a, almost a habitual reflex, you should be aware of that. Why is it so, you know, what are you leaving out? What are you, what are you, where, what's at the boundary? Do you dislike? Do you don't want to be with? What's at the boundary? Could you settle that? Could you settle a sense of dis- being disturbed? Could you settle that? Make peace with that. The resonances, the prickles, the, the fluttering, quite understandable. Could you breathe into that and settle that? Not saying it should be settled, but make peace with that, and so on. <clears throat> so, really, our presence becomes not too sharply located. Something that can suffuse. This, I would suggest, in my experience, is a more happy body energy. Comfortable, it is happy because it's comfortable. In this state, you can begin to sense whenever the time frame builds up, there's a tightening and a narrowing and an agitation. And when it stops and relaxes, the body expands time disappears. Gives you an understanding of what time is. Now this, um, you have the experience of this rushing forward in time, or feeling as if you are thrown forward in time. You've got to hurry up, you've got to plan the next year, half year, days, exactly what you're going to eat in November. It's got to be sorted out now. <laughs> Then you'll be okay. I would say there's a certain security issue there. <laughs> and it's not really, it's, I mean, it make it funny, but it's actually not that funny. <laughs> Separation. Exclusion. In the uh, contracted state, is that we experience something like that, there can be a further pulling. I don't want to feel excluded. I'm going to be. I'm fine on my own. I can manage myself. I'm okay. The hardening, independence. Therefore, I won't feel the sense of exclusion because I'm excluding everybody else. And I don't have to feel that. I don't care about what they think or feel. I'm on my own. I'll manage that. So that's something that happens for people. It's hard-edged. You know, it seems like independence, but it's actually inability to feel safe and accepted by others. Oh, and this is not just even personal, it's, it's an energetic issue there. And certainly as one's energy, one's emotions are bound up with the energies. So, bodies produce emotions, they are... Um, energetic fluctuations and they give rise to 
heart impressions that emotions begin in the body as energetic fluctuations of sudden um, you know, pleasant rapid energy running through unpleasant energy running through um, energy being stuck locked various energetic fluctuations the heart interprets these as joy uh, panic uh, fear uh, defensiveness uh, and so forth so, so these energetic fluctuations are not entirely dependent on the sensory realm around to, to, to an extent they are but they, as they get learned you know, as they become acquired as they become dispositions it's like you know, they, these energetic fluctuations can just get triggered and start happening at the drop of a hat or even be there kind of latent yeah, or they're in the background or they're not in the background you sit and meditate and suddenly all this stuff starts happening and then the, the emotions start welling up and maybe the memories and the sense of self arises out of that mix <clears throat> because the oscillations and the fluctuations in the energetic field have not been understood, handled, resolved uh, and how do we do that? because for most of us this is like what is he talking about? <laughs> you know we get so indoctrinated into the look, this body ends at the edge of your skin, that's it, right? You have a separate lump there, another lump here, and I can't see it with my eyes, it doesn't exist. You know, you get indoctrinated into that. What do you feel? How can the same, you know, placing yourself in front of another bag of meat make you feel happy or unhappy? (laughs) Welcome or unwelcome? Intimidated or welcomed? How does that happen, you know? A few gestures, a few nice remarks, but you can recognize people can say nice remarks, you don't feel comfortable. They're saying the right things, but you don't feel settled yet. Because it doesn't happen just through words alone. If the words are accompanied by a quality of heart, that's helpful, but eventually it's also one has to begin to sense and relax one's bodily energetic field and certainly the presence of others can be positive or afflictive in that in that instance so part of what we are hoping or recommending or encouraging is this entering into these body energy fields and acknowledging the dissonances when they occur, as they occur, the ones that are more residual, ones that are kind of perhaps oscillating at a low temperature much of the time and then going to heightened states. And then where's that and then breathing out through them, feeling your way out through them, expanding through them, relaxing through them, coming into parts of your body that feel tight and just creating space around that part. Non-afflictive, non-attrusive, non-demanding space. Welcome because the essential message of the uncontracting field is welcome you are here, welcome and that's a very simple word 
there's a very powerful um, atmosphere that we don't always get even when people say it. And so, so really entering into that and welcoming yourself and repeating it and what would it be like to be welcomed? What would it be like to be totally as you are? What would it be like to be free from the burden of being um, approved of or judged or having your box checked and you're fine or relieved of all that? What would it be like? You know, so imagining that and bringing that because at the base of or the level of the mind which is imaginative is the level that's most directly connected to your bodily field. The verbal stuff is the least connected to it. We talk over the top of it. The emotional body is connected to it, but it's often just so profoundly affected by it that like, the emotional body is almost the result. You know, uh, so you can't change your emotion. Because the emotion is the expression of the body's energy. On an imaginative level, you come into a place where there's a possibility of pushing or inclining the other way. Imagining what it would be like. Uh, the images, things like that. Images of space, of light, of welcome. Images of being, times when one was welcome. Images of, that give rise to that. Of safety, of blessedness. So this, you know, working on that, and then just letting oneself take those in, and and, uh, and you know, breathing in, breathing out. Mm-hmm. So if we get a handle on that, so if we've learned, hope we've learned a few things. If we get a handle on that. <clears throat> the reference point you know, recognizing oh it's closed okay closed now it's coming back into the what I call the midline or the central axis which doesn't close because it's not it's not it's, it's like the the axis or the spindle or the center the peripheries can contract, but the midline remains the same. The only thing is that you sometimes drop it. We rush out to the boundaries, or we rush out to our thoughts, away from our centre. So this, this midline is perhaps the refuge point, the place of balance, and then from there you begin to, in the centre, expanding out through the felt sense of the not just the physicality, but the sense does it feel, you know, dry, hard, defended, and it's breathing out or widening through that felt experience of embodiment till you come to a comfortable boundary. And that may take, that itself can take quite a while to, to do that. It doesn't snap into shape. And, and, and long periods of practice doing that to work out these dents, these breaks in the field. So if we are able to um, get a handle on that and work with that, that's, that's, that's what we can carry our retreat in. 
anyway, we, we, on one level we have a period of days measured by times and people who gather and then we're gone and maybe, you know, by now and so on. Uh, that's, that's true on one level. But on another level, we're in an occasion where these energies could widen and soften and spread and feel welcomed. And why leave that? <laughs> How do you sustain that? How is that sustained? So you carry it with you. Uh, So obviously some of these meditation practices may have worked for you. We also have what I call the the occasion is marked by ritual. And so every day, as you've all recognized, that's various degrees of certainty or approval or what is all this about. But there we did it. And so the theme is that on that particular ritual occasion, you, you're not really being here as, you know, so-and-so from Minneapolis or so-and-so from this place. You're just human. In uh, ritual ritual experience that's pretty long-standing and not bound to this particular physical location or this particular day, that's the point of ritual, it's timeless. <coughs> And it's it's not locational, so you, you're entering into that, relaxing into that. And as we do that, we bring up the Buddha, the Dhamma, Sangha. Sangha here doesn't mean monks or nuns; it means the the noble ones, the perfected ones, the awakened ones, or those who aspire to it and commit to it. So we we enter into that field, and we we, mem- we reflect upon you know the quality of awakening, always present, doesn't leave you. You know, lost it today, tomorrow fine. Doesn't matter how many times you, you forget it, it's there waiting for you. <laughs> you know, it doesn't doesn't leave you, it doesn't give up on you. Uh, you know, it doesn't throw you out. You can't blow it and be banned, cursed, damned. <laughs> Next moment you return, and that to me is, is that's Buddha. That's the that's the beauty of it. And Dhamma, what's that immediate, not delayed in time, directly experienced in your, in yourself. And you may, Pachatang doesn't really mean in your conventional self, it means intimately. So, and then that which you can discern through, through wisdom, and supportive through wisdom, Panya, seeing, clarity. So, and in Sangha, those who practice with integrity, who practice rightly, who practice straightforwardly, you know, practice so, completely. So these then reflections, the, so, well, any of that, or even just the images themselves, the, physical, the visual images, or the sound images, or the, the emotional sense of the occasion. And probably in the long run, whatever you know, we use the, the words, the images, the thoughts, the physical forms. Those are just flags or triggers for the another sense, which is the felt sense, which is an embodied sense. You know, 
I didn't have to be me all the time. I didn't have to be good, better, the same as, equal, higher, lower, worry about who was better, who's got a better voice, who's, you know, you don't have to worry about that. Just just breathe, open your throat and let it out, you know. <laughs> You're in. <laughs> and the sense of hearing sound flowing all around me, and I'm participating in that, I'm in that. So in that place we don't have to be that independent, progressive, advancing, making things work. We just relax into the refuge. That's a ritual space that one can return to. Clearly this ritual form that, you know, takes 15-20 minutes, however long it will take. But the idea is that that can be one's one's signal. Here's this Here's the time and the place to just something into that. I'm welcome. I'm safe. Refuge. It's true. It's not contrived. It's peaceful. It's not indip- it's it's shared. It's as whatever, you know. It's not exclusive. Uh, the meanings of that. And then, how does it feel when it's like that? How does your body feel when it's like that? How does your chest feel? Why we bring our bodies into this experience. You know, this is a very embodied experience. So your body begins to know that and sense that. And then the body energies can begin to, you know, shift and change. This doesn't happen just by chanting some words, but to really get the, the felt sense of that. And hopefully that's something that pick it up. But meditate with the, the felt experience of that. Now when, you know, situations change, as they do, you know, the pertinences get put away, the cushions are removed, the images are shifted off somewhere else, and suddenly we see we're in a car, driving down a highway with other cars zooming past us and gas stations and all that horror <laughs> and the sense of hurry up and get somewhere else and that sort of stuff Oof, you know, okay, well then you want to kind of have, that's why you use a mantra, you can have a mantra you see the mantra also can encapsulate and make something portable where you just carry that that little fragment because in the microcosm is the macrocosm energetic that's the beauty of it you know so energy is not measurable in 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 the normal terms so you know even eight words can carry the entire quality of of the experience if you've practiced it and I, i when i went on my too long pilgrimage in India, I got through the whole six months with Namo Buddhaya, Namo Dhammaya, Namo Sangaya, homage to the Buddha, Dhamma and Sangha. Just kept that going through all the dysentery, madness, getting robbed, getting attacked, hunger, <laughs> craziness, stuff like that. Just kept that one going, saved my life. <laughs> sure it did, really. Because I kept that going when I was being attacked. Uh, by 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 robbers with with weapons and just kept that one going in my mind and then you know, 
So okay, if I die now, I'm going out on that one. I'm taking my 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 little bit of welcome with me, even they cut my head off. Then this this the field is not shaken. Yeah. So if one really gets that, then yeah, you know, that's the possibility. So if we, you know, so I would say just as a kind of tips, you know, when this all this stuff does disappear and suddenly the world looks very different, um, then you carry that with you, you carry a mantra, you carry a word, you carry the image as you reflect upon it, you get the feeling for it. And, but most of us will definitely need some external supports to keep coming back to that. And I suggest your external supports to work on is your image of the sacred, the image of the sacred, whatever that is, it's a Buddha, let's not get too picky about it, you know, it's you know, space, light, candle, um, banana, you know, whatever gets you there. To that sense of the, the sacred that you can I mean, crystallize, you want to have that and you want to operate you want to refer to that every day perhaps several times a day you can carry something around you and get out and look at okay. and, and so that, that's you referring to that, you carry precepts with you, that's, that's another uh, uh, sacred image you carry that, you recite, you remember them, you reflect upon them, you try to live according to them. Sometimes you transgress, but then you recognize that, oops, just like you dropped your board pick it up again. <laughs> you know, it doesn't leave you. Okay, you know, speech went a bit lost there, never mind, just pick it up, put it back again. You can carry that. So, um, I think it's always helpful to have a relationship to the sacred, to, um, to your body, to the embodiment experience, so you're feeling lost or confused or agitated, just the sense of the feet on the floor, sitting still, just trying to lengthen yourself, breathing upright, and then begin to widen. The first process I would suggest is getting the, the midline, the upright axis, so you're standing or walking, trying to almost breathe yourself as upright as feels comfortable, and then widening as best you can and that was certainly well I find that helps when you're in these weird territories that we have to move through relationship to the nature nature uh, the natural biosphere is, is really our home base we, we arose out of that millions of years ago um, so that still carries the sense of well, what nature is, it doesn't switch on and off, it's rhythmic, it's, it flows from this to that, there's no hard boundary, you don't have flat surfaces, you don't have doors in nature, you don't have walls in nature, you don't have a sudden, like you have a wall, things just, there are ravines and cliffs and hills and it's flowing, it's not hard edged. And something's very soothing about that. There's no urgency in that time zone doesn't operate according to that time zone it's cyclical it's a cyclical time, it just goes round and round you know, 
spring, summer, fall, winter, spring, summer, fall, winter, that's, that's, that's the time. It doesn't go anywhere. It goes round and round. And there's something comfortable about that. We can breathe in green life. And the possibility of others, the Kalyanamita field, the Kalyanamita experience, um, is very precious. It's, it takes committed uh, work, sensitivity, negotiated contact. Uh, so it's not just people we like even. Uh, it's good they do like, it helps, but people you like and can practice restraint, non-intrusion, uh, non-obstructiveness, uh, a welcome that's not insistent that you feel anything at all. It's a welcome, doesn't say, well, I'm welcoming you, be happy. <laughs> just says, welcome. Allows you the space to, to, to be yourself. Kalyanamita are beings who give you back to yourself, who take you out of your loss and contraction. And the, the skills of that. Um, How is it now? Say how it is. It doesn't matter how it is. Just how it is. When you're ready, say how it is. Doesn't matter how it is. Mm -hmm. That sense of allowing allowing yourself to be more fully expressed, and that helps again with the contracted state. Of course, there are many other skills in Kalyanamita, but certainly when we do recognize we mean, we can mean quite a lot for each other, we can be refugees for each other, we can be uh, people who have quite a uh, potent effect on each other, it does encourage us, each and every one of us, to be more responsible for ourselves. Like, don't mess it up. Uh, be responsible, be clear-headed. Be open hearted. This is not time to be careless. Uh, There's something precious here that could be made available. It will be for our our welfare and happiness. Mm. And these may seem like tall orders, but I'm giving some tall orders. And you just, sorry. But you know, we, we, I'm not, I'm not perfected in this. But you see, you just go, okay, let's start, let's start, that's the direction to move up in, not move forward in time. If you want to move anywhere, <laughs> this is where to move, <laughs> to start kind of unfolding, uh, with, with a sense of conscience and concern and clarity. That's definitely something that urges movement, but why rush forward? And that, what does the rushing forward mean, really? It means, I want to come to that, well, it's here. If you could open into this, this is where it is. And so, that um, that invitation and the possibility that we may gradually, over time, being able to uh, help each other in. And even if you sense somebody's trying, that's better. They're getting right all the time. At least they're trying, you know. And that's 
that even that is a lot that is that is a blessing so in this um, now we are coming to the, the closure but it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fading time rather than a, and I'd like to make it a fading rather than a sudden termination bang out the door bang get in your car sip off uh, <laughs> a, a kind of a, a fading time like the twilight and cooling and fading uh, in this time I would suggest that today you're just really beginning to you know try to recollect one's refuges one's what we've been through what has been meaningful feel it linger in it uh, get it into your breathing into your body into your movement and uh, so that it's something that begins to you know be felt in your in your field your mental field your emotional field and your bodily field and so that when one when the retreat is not thrown away when the, just because the time changes, you, you take it with you. <laughs>